It's finally here. It's the college football playoffs. Joe Aguirre, Jace Garcia, Sean Scanlon, and myself will get you caught up with the news in college football. Plus, a review of the New Year's Six Bowl games, predict the Heisman winner, and a special invite to our Capital One Bowl Mania Challenge. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's All Four Downs Podcast presented by the CMG Sports Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by the OG other two, the original squad for Drawing About the G-Men, Joe Aguirre and Sean Scanlon. And, I mean, it's playoff football. Giants aren't in it. But we still got offseason stuff to talk about. And let's get into it, starting off with the Giants and their free agent targets. Da- Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, Kyler Fackrell, Wayne Gallman, and Cam Cameron Fleming are all starters last season who will be free agents in 2021. Joe, out of those names, who should the Giants target and bring back for next season? Well, 57 tackles, 11 and a half sacks, 15 and a half tackles for losses, a pass defended, a fumble cause, a recovery rather. Uh, Leonard Williams is 100% the guy the Giants got to bring back. You know, you traded a three and a four for him, David Gettleman. Um, another one of his shrewd moves, I believe Sean will agree with this. Uh, he saw something in Leonard Williams. It was the right thing for this defense. Leonard Williams had such an impactful. What he hadn't done with the Jets and what we saw in the first his first his time with the Giants last season was a guy who was almost getting to the quarterback, putting immense pressure on the quarterback. He finally started to break through at the end of last year. It carried over into this season. He's a big part of the reason why this defense is so good. So he, far and away to me, has to be priority number one for the Giants. Yeah. Um... Oh, you're muted, Jason. <laughs> well, my bad, Sean. But, uh, uh, Sean, you have been a big advocate for the Wayne train all season. Now, his contract is coming up. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy coming into next season. Do you think the Giants should re-sign Wayne Gallman? I do think they should. Um, obviously, you, you need a good backup running back in this league because you never know um, what, what could happen to your running back in such a physical league. But I think he definitely should. I think, you know, Saquon at the start of the year, he's going to be still coming off the injury, still trying to get back to 100% strength. So I think uh, to spell some of the carries uh, to Wayne Gallman would definitely help Saquon uh, get back into that rhythm, get back into that groove of the Giants offense. And uh, I think obviously Wayne knows the offense. Obviously, he's had success in the offense. So... I think uh, it would be important to keep him around because uh, 
obviously you, you always need a great uh, backup running back. And I, I think he can do that for us. He's been with the organization for a long time and he's coming off the best season of his career. So I wouldn't try to, you know, go throw him a big bag, obviously, because he's a backup running back. But I, I would try to retain uh, Wayne Gallman as best as I can going into the offseason. Okay. All right. And for me personally, I think there's one person, but both y'all didn't say it. And I, I, we've talked about how badly this team needs an edge rusher, but an edge rusher is only as good as your interior line. And one dude who has dominated is Dalvin Tomlinson. They need to get this man back him with Dexter Lawrence. That is a beast inside. They eat up blocks. So if you do bring in, it doesn't matter. I, I've spoken a lot about how not like a, there's no real elite edge rusher in this draft class, or even if you do sign a free agent, which I'm, we'll get to in a little bit. It, as long as you got people on the inside, you got those defensive tackles to eat up those blocks and uh, free up, get your uh, ends or outside linebackers, your edge rushers on one-on-ones. They'll be able to get pressure on the quarterback make some plays, and that that's one thing the Giants did very well. And Leonard Williams did that just as well as Dalvin Tomlinson. But Dalvin Tomlinson, I think Leonard Williams is going to be a big, big price. I'm not going to be that upset if the Giants walk away from Leonard Williams, if the Giants can get someone who fits the, the system and gets a need, a better person for a the need that the Giants need in wide receiver or D-end. But it, Dalvin Thompson is a key part to this off defensive line, and he controls that that middle of the line of scrimmage. And I think they need to re-sign him to help out if they do go after and get a big defensive end. But, Joe, out of all the free agents that aren't on the Giants, who is someone that they need to go after? Who do the Giants need to target in free agency? Well, I think – I mean, I I would say one of the defensive ends. Uh, I, I mean, I I think Yannick. I, I know the Giants. There, I, I see it in a lot of publications. People expect that that that's going to happen. Um, my concern is is whether the New York Giants have the money. Uh, they don't have a a ton of cap space, so you know I think some people who think they're going on a shopping spree, this might be one free agent, one keep your free agent. And then give give some guys in the draft their money, and I I don't know if there's a ton left over. If there is, would love to see uh, uh, Fackrell come back, Gallman, uh, for sure on 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 somewhat team friendly deals. That would be outstanding. Cameron Fleming should retire because he's a bum. Mm. But, you know, I, I I mean, I again, it depends what the Giants do in the draft. But I mean, there's a lot of good wide receivers. Guys who we've talked about those uh those wide receiver ones. And I don't know that I have a particular favorite that I would target, which is why you know, to me, maybe maybe that's a draft thing for the Giants. I think it's gonna depend on what they do with Williams, what else they can do in free agency will really dictate who they pick in the draft, uh, which would also determine whether or not they go wide receiver or D end in the draft or through free agency is my thought. I mean, yeah, I, I think if you do get uh Yannick in Ngakwe, you, you're going to have to let Leonard Williams walk. Those two, those two contracts are too big to get through. But I, I mean, you mentioned it, Joe wide receiver is another need. 
So, Sean, what wide receiver in this free agent class of 2021 should the Giants look to target and who would be best suited in Big Blue? Uh, I think the best target to go after would be Allen Robinson um, from the Bears. I think, obviously, uh, I I think personally that he's a top 10 receiver in the league. Um, You know, he's tremendous in contested catches. Um, He knows how to get open. And he's a veteran in this league who's been doing it for um, a long time. And he's been doing it with bad quarterback play, too. So I think uh, if you you compare him with Daniel Jones, finally give Daniel Jones that star receiver, uh, I think it opens up uh, a bunch of stuff for this offense. It's it's just going to get more looks, more open looks for receivers like Shepard and Ingram. Um, because most teams are going to be double teaming Allen Robinson. So I think it just opens up a lot for the offense. So Allen Robinson would be my number one target. But I also like Kenny Galladay uh, from the Lions. He's another uh, big contested catch guy that, that goes up and get 50-50 balls, which uh, we haven't seen from the Giants in, in quite some time. But he's a little bit injury prone. Um, he, he missed uh, a lot of games this year. But I think when he's on the field, he's super explosive. So he, he's definitely someone you got to keep your eye on. And um, the Giants actually um, – were a little bit interested in Kenny Galladay at the trade deadline. They were asking the Lions uh, to see what packages they can put together to try to get him. So they definitely have interest in him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants go after him. And then, um, so yeah, that's for the receivers. And then uh, just some edge rushers, I think, that they should go after is Shaq Barrett um, for the Bucks. He's one of the best pass rushers in the league. Matthew Judon, um, he's a good pass rusher, but he's also really good against the run. And we know that Patrick Graham likes the versatile defenders. And then uh, one other guy I had written down is Taylor Moten. Uh, he's a right tackle from the Panthers. His contract is expiring but uh dave gettleman is actually the one that drafted him in carolina he's one of the uh better young right tackles in the league and obviously we need help there um after we what we saw from cam fleming last year so those are just some names that i had uh circled going into free agency all right all right and you mentioned patrick graham i mean patrick graham just signed an extension he's gonna be a giant for longer he turned down the the high, the interview with the jets joe what does this tell you about the giants future Wait, keeping Patrick Graham on for long as long term. Well, look, I mean, you know, last year we said this defense was young. You added some free agent pieces. You had Leonard Williams and, and that defensive line really come into its own this year. And I mean, when you look at Bradbury and Logan and Jabril Peppers for the most part this season, I mean, the the the, the step forward that those guys took uh, in, in becoming standout players. I mean, you know, again, I had Bradbury, I think on that list was the closest thing to a star. I mean, and, and, you know, first he was pro ball first pro ball. He's going to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for what he did, he's always been an outstanding corner. This gave him a chance to shine. It was, it was it, the giants desperately needed it. You almost forget about the Andre Baker, uh, you, you know, yeah. and, and what could have been initially for the giants and kind of how things were, were heading when you went into this season, the Logan Ryan thing was was so amazing to have. To, I, I think what stands out to me was that uh, play, and I now can't remember what team it was. I, it just hit me. Uh, you guys remember the interception that Logan Ryan had? They had called it in the first half. Yeah, oh, uh, was, missed uh, it. What what game was that, Shawnee? It was against Washington, I think. Uh, they they tricked Alex Smith with a, a look oh, in the yeah. secondary. And he, I mean, again, look, you know, for a coach to have that kind of relationship, that kind of faith in the player, that's the kind of guy I'm looking for on my team. I think what Patrick Graham did in Miami, where that defense still is now, this, the, what he's done with this defense, I mean, the guy's a mastermind because he listens to his players, he can communicate, and I think that's all you can ask for in a coach. Yeah, I, I agree, but um, he definitely does need more 
assets on his defense, more star players. But, I mean, the Giants are just going to be adding players this offseason. There's also going to be some guys that are going to make some cuts. Uh, I know Golden Tate's a big one. I mean, if you look at Zay's comment right here, Golden Tate, Solder. I've heard a lot of talk about Zeitler. Sean, who who do the Giants need to let go to free up some cap space during this offseason? Uh, I think Golden Tate is the obvious one. Um, obviously, during mid- in the middle of the season this year, you could tell he's a little disgruntled. Um, Joe Judge held him out of a game after uh, obviously he went up to the camera and said, give me the ball um, when he was frustrated. And other than that, he just hasn't been that productive in his time here. Um, last year, when after we signed him, he goes out and he gets a four-game suspension for using uh, PEDs. So it was a rough start right from the beginning. Um, last year, he was a little bit better than he is this year, but still, he's he's just too old. He's not the same player that he was. And um, for the contract that he got, I, I think that uh, that's definitely the biggest one that comes to mind. Um, Nate Solder, I actually wouldn't mind if the Giants hold on to him because they're not gonna they're not gonna save that much by cutting him. And we still, if we don't get the uh, right tackle situated in the offseason, um, it, it's gonna be to, between Matt Parrott and Nate Solder. And I don't think you want to keep just Matt Parrott out there, um, a second year player who barely even played that much of this first season. Um, I think it would be nice to have the veteran backing him up, um, you know, trying to teach him the ropes and the ways in the NFL playing tackle. So Solder, um, I, I wouldn't mind if it happened, obviously, but I, I'd be a little bit surprised if it happens. And Zeitler, I think, is, is here to stay. Um, Lemieux and Will Hernandez both played a little bit rough last year, um, especially in pass protection. So I, I think Zeitler is still by far the best guard. So um, I don't think that will happen either. But I think Golden Tate is definitely going to be on the move. I, I agree with you, Sean. There's no way Gettleman, who obviously is secured another year, is going to step away from Zeitler. It's a big move that he made. Yeah. And, it, you know, if he were to cut that guy now and basically admit, like, well, that didn't work out, um, you know, or we can move on him. I, I like the idea of of having the depth and, and being able to kind of rotate some of these young guys in with some of the veterans um, like Solder uh, and, and Zeitler who, uh, you know, Maybe if they're playing 60 or 70% of the snaps, maybe you get a little bit more production out of those guys. So, you know, I, the other thing I, I I was just thinking about was Xavier McKinney, who will get a training camp, mm-hmm. got some games under his belt, and we know this guy's a playmaker. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see when him and, and, and Peppers and, and Logan Ryan and Bradbury make up that secondary next season. Um, it's going to be fun I, I to watch. I think that's a, a great, talented group of guys, and I'm excited for that. I mean, again, I think we know where the Giants specifically have to improve, and I I feel like you put a couple of the right guys in there. And, I mean, to me, look, I, I think the 6-10 and 10 could have been 10-6 and six this year. I think there's no reason why 10-6 and six can't be in the cards next year. Now, I haven't even really looked at the schedule for next year. My understanding is it's a it's a tough one. And um, tough, tough, tough schedules for good teams. This is a good football team. And again, Saquon Barkley back in there. I mean, so a a full season of Saquon, hopefully. A full season of Xavier McKinney with a defense that, as I mentioned earlier, everybody's grown and developed like you want them to right now. Got to be feeling good about that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, yeah, we talked – We've spoken a lot about the defense, but the Pat, I mean, Xavier McKinney, great last game. He really, that was his homecoming. He showed up his first real game, making a big, big impact. 
and it was definitely felt. But Joe, let's move a little bit away from the personnel. And Joe, past last couple weeks of the season, you were very critical of Joe Judge. Going into this offseason, how do you feel? What are, what are your thoughts on Joe Judge right now? Joe, Joe Judge still has to admit when he's wrong. Uh, I, the double-down idiot days are over. We're moving on from that in the country, and we need to move on from that as a philosophy for this football team. I understand the Bill Belichick way of doing things, but Bill Belichick, you know, he didn't last very long in New York as coach of the Jets. He he did it in New England, which, I mean, if you know anything about Boston, I mean, they worship their people. They don't they don't fry them like we do in New York. So uh, that that might fly with the Boston Globe. That doesn't fly with the Post and the Daily News. It just doesn't. They're not going to let that that kind of stuff slide. He he to me, I still need him to say, you know what? That was stupid that I that I even played Daniel Jones those two games. Really could have done myself big favors. I I, I mean that would be okay to to say I uh, you know what. In retrospect, I've thought on it. If I could do it over again, I would. Be a man about it. You know? You you made a gut call. Your gut was wrong. If you want me to feel good about your next gut call, admit that Admit that maybe there was something wrong in this one. You know? Again, not the end of the world. I, I As I said, look, they had four weeks to go. Pretty much needed to win two games. Couldn't get it done. When they needed to win a football game against their biggest rival, who, who like Washington and Philly, would have taken such pride in keeping the Giants out of the postseason, Philly taking it a little too far. Um, they had every reason that the Giants had every reason to lose that football game and put themselves in position to lose that football game uh, at the end. But to their credit, they held on and they won. They won a must win game. And to me, for a team that struggled to turn these close games into wins, Sean, to win a game that you needed to win against Dallas and to do it, boom. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of growth I needed from this team. They did it. And to me, that was a that was the biggest moment of this season for the Giants. Was could the Giants rise to the occasion and and show us that? We're tired of losing. We're starting to turn a lot more of these games into wins now. Big one. Got to win it. They did it. And 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 I could walk away feeling like we did something this year. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why I feel really good about Joe Judge is because obviously we end the streak against the Eagles after not beating them eight straight times. We end the streak against the Cowboys after not beating them seven straight times. I mean, that, that stuff gets frustrating uh, as a Giants fan. Obviously playing the team that you hate the most and every year just getting the crap kicked out of you. Um, that's, I mean, just to have that be over with is so great. Um, obviously, and we only, it's only one win, uh, increase or two win increase from last year going up to six wins. But I think, you know, you see, you're finally beating your rivals. You get the big win in Seattle with your backup quarterback. Um, you know, you're in a game till the end, uh, on Monday night against the Bucks. um, in which there should have been a flag thrown on that two-point conversion, should have went to overtime, really. But, I mean, you see you see these steps that the Giants are taking forward. Um, you could tell that they're heading in the right direction, and that's why I love Joe Judge's mentality. Um, obviously, I get your point, Joe, about how uh, that might not fly in New York, but I just I got a feeling about Joe Judge. I really like the, 
I really like the way that he's running this organization right now. And um, I, I think he's going to be here for a long time to come. I agree. I'm excited for the future. I'm all sold on Joe Judge and Patrick Graham and everything that the Giants are, are going and moving forward. But let's, let's move on from the Giants. Let's talk some NFL. But before we get into the divisional round, we have some breaking news here. New news coming out this week with the coaching carousel that is the NFL. Doug Peterson fired from the Eagles. <laughs> Sean, what do you think of this move in Philly? I, I mean, that's that's what you get for uh, for not competing in the NFL. Obviously, um, I said it last week, the Giants, you know, they, they didn't do their job. They only won six games in the season. But still, um, I mean, you're sitting out your players, and I get that if you're a number one seed and you want to, you know, rest your players. But when you're in a situation like that where you only have four wins on the season and you go out and do stuff like that, um, pull your best player when you realistically have a chance of winning the game. Um, I mean, that's that's just what you get. Philly, um, I, I hate the, I hate that town. I hate the Eagles. So um, I, I don't mind it at all. Um, obviously, uh, Doug Peterson, I don't know if he'll get another job in the NFL, but I, I was very happy to see this. Um, obviously, I hate Doug Peterson. So uh, it's definitely definitely good news for the Giants. Joe, how do you feel about this? Uh, this is just rich irony to me. Uh, he basically tanked his last game to help the guy who's going to replace him get a better draft pick. You couldn't be a bigger moron if you tried. I I told you weeks ago I didn't like the guy. Uh, I suggested after it happened that he's probably going to get fired, and I think a lot of you question that. I think when your team feels like you're not trying to win football games because you're worried about draft picks, it goes to show the mentality of NFL players. They're not thinking about the sixth pick or the 11th pick. They're thinking about winning football games. And that's what it's all about here. And Doug Peterson failed the NFL. And I'll say this, as I mentioned when it happened, uh, you know, and you're right, Sean, the Giants, I, I don't play, I, I don't care what they did. And if the Giants did it, I would be like, well, too bad, Philly. But in, in a pandemic, where you're burning through 10,000 test kits a week to have these games. You're not even trying to win. People are like sacrificing their lives and you don't, I mean, no, no. And I'll, I'll be honest. I think it should be a long time before maybe an NFL team brings him back to the pros. Maybe he needs to go back to the college ranks and kind of figure some things out. I love that you bring up the college ranks. We are all also on all four downs, which you saw a promo before the show. And we also have some more coaching news, as in Jacksonville, they're finalizing a deal to bring in Urban Meyer as the new head coach, Sean Scanlon. Sean, Urban Meyer plus possibly Trevor Lawrence. What do you think of that in the NFL? Um, I think uh, Urban Meyer, I, I think he's more of a college type coach because he's, you know, he's just such a great recruiter. And um, obviously, he, he's a leader of men. And I, I think that works more in the college ranks. But um, he, he also he's got a good uh, philosophy on football. He obviously knows his stuff. So I, I think it could work out. And obviously, if you get Trevor Lawrence, that uh, that sets you up for a long time with your franchise quarterback. Um, I, I think the only interesting note here would be uh, if they if he decides to take Justin Fields, obviously with the Ohio State connection. But I th I think he would he would stick with Trevor Lawrence. Um, obviously they need some help on the defense. Um, they have some playmakers on offense, but 
they're definitely going to need some help on the, the defense. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags in a couple of years are, you know, back to contention in the AFC South, maybe making the playoffs because uh, with a quarterback that good, it's it's tough to not be winning games. So I, I think that um, in a couple of years, they'll, they'll be back to um, winning some games back down in Jacksonville. All right, Joe, you've been very, very assertive and vocal about how much, how bad the the ownership is for Jacksonville. What do you think of this move bringing in Urban Meyer like this? This is a stupid move. Straight up, stupid move. This is not the guy that you want to bring to rebuild the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's just not. College coaches don't do rebuilds. This is gonna go really poorly, uh, and he'll be he'll be back uh, he'll be back to the college ranks before you know it. He's a college football coach, uh, and and I and I think he's been doing it for. I mean, remember when Lou Holtz tried it? Mm-hmm. And it didn't go too good. Um, Nick, Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, th- it, this is this is a different animal, and and I just I think when you look at what Jacksonville has to overcome, and that their owner is a heel to everybody in the league and in most of the country. He's not a popular guy. He's shown great disdain for players, particularly African-American players. And I really strongly think he's going to struggle to bring these guys to Jacksonville. And I don't care if it's Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I mean, their defense is atrocious. And if they can't get help there on the defensive side of the football fast, whoever's the quarterback better get used to losing because there's going to be a lot of it. All right. All right. And that's going to do it for news. Let's get in to the divisional round of the playoffs. We had a great wild card weekend, some great games. But now let's keep going as we are one step closer to the Super Bowl. And let's start off with the the afternoon game on Saturday, the Rams take on the Packers Packers favored it favored six and a half points over unders at 45 and a half. We're going to do picks different. I I don't want to know the winner. Joe, what is your best bet for this game? What are you going to take here? Uh, I got my best bet for this particular game. I guess I would say probably the over, on the 45 and a half. I, I think the problem is going to be that the Packers are going to end up on the field for a long time in this game. And as good as the Rams defense is, I think eventually they're going to put some points on the board. And I love Jared Goff. I mean, he, uh, last week I thought he showed such guts. I think he pre showed the kind of quarterback he is. And, and again, if you're trying to compare him to a guy like uh, Pat Mahomes, I mean, what, why? That's not that's not the kind of quarterback he is, and he never will be. But he wins games, and he's successful. He can move the football, and again, balls of steel. So I think that this thing ends up being a little bit more of a shootout than people think. Uh, I think they definitely clear forty five and a half. All right, Sean. Um, I'll go with Rams uh, plus six and a half. I think uh, I respect the Rams defense a lot. I think they might actually be the best in the league. Um, obviously with Aaron Donald, he, I know he's a little shaken up. Um, I don't know if he'll be playing in this game, but I still trust the secondary enough with uh, guys like Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams. Um, they've been locked down all season. No one's been able to get over the top of that secondary. And um, they, they've also been pretty good against the run. 
And even without Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd has had a pretty good year. The pass rusher, he's had over uh, 10 sacks. So um, I, I expect the, their defense to keep him in this game. And um, also the Rams run game has been has been going pretty good with Cam Akers lately. And I'm sure Sean McVay will have a good game plan for that Packers defense. So I think the Rams defense will keep it close enough. And I, I think the Rams will score just enough points to uh, stay in this game. So I'll go with the Rams plus six and a half. I, I agree with you, Sean. I love six and a half. With the Rams, I like the way they came out last week, establishing the run, getting Cam Akers involved, and then Jalen Ramsey made it very, very tough on DK Metcalf, even though DK Metcalf was able to get a couple touchdown passes. But I think he's going to shut down uh, Devontae, Adam, at Devontae even more and uh, because I, I think DK Metcalf is just a matchup nightmare. Uh, Adams, he's more of a route runner. He's more of a – he create separation and get open, uh, make the possession. I, I, I think Jalen Ramsey's going to shut him down, and I think Aaron Rodgers, he's good enough to get these other guys involved. But, I mean, when, when it comes down to it, is he going to make – is he going – can you rely on Valdez Scantling or Tanyan to make that big catch like you can Adams – uh, I don't think so. I do think eventually, down the line, down the the line, it's going to come down to a last possession, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get that win. But I like the Rams to keep it close. I'm also not mad at the over because that 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 is low. I think it is going to be kind of a shootout. I, I see this, and, and I'm going to mention this a couple times tonight. 2018. Oklahoma versus Army, double overtime. Army would create a sustained drive, run the football with their triple option, eat up clock, and then Kyler Murray and Oklahoma would just go three plays, touchdown, one play, touchdown, to keep it close. That's the way I see this game going with Akers and Aaron Rodgers. I I think that's going to be the battle. Uh, but I'm just going to take the better quarterback in the end in Aaron Rodgers. But now let's move on to a the Saturday night game as the Ravens go to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills favored by two and a half over under point total set, set at 50. Joe, what do you think of this game? I'm uh, taking the over. They're going to probably score 80 to 90 points between the two of them. I mean, 50, that's insane. There's no way. <laughs> There's <laughs> no way. In the overs club. Dude, the Bills have been averaging like 50 points a game. What are you talking? Who did this? <laughs> Vegas really thinks this is a thing? You want to face anybody... the Ravens defense? Dude, uh, look, I think both teams have decent defenses. I think the offenses are both exceptional. I think they're two of the best offenses in the playoffs right now. I think both of these offenses right now are playing better than a Chiefs offense. I do you one better. Uh so I I think they squash 50. I think they put up 50 in the first half. All right. Okay. Interesting. Huh? How you see this going going Sean? That's yeah, the over is definitely intriguing. Uh, definitely something I looked at, but I'm going to go with Ravens plus two and a half. Um, the Ravens are a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl. I'll say it now, but um, uh, their defense is absolutely legit. Uh, this run game cannot be stopped. They've been running for 
over 200 yards on average for the past five weeks. Um, it, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and the Bills, they struggled uh, with the run last week going against Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. And I think J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are much better, obviously much more physical. So they're, they're going to bring that smash, smash mouth football to, uh, to the Bills defense. And obviously Josh Allen has been great all year. Um, I think that obviously they're going to score some points, but they will have some trouble with the pressure up front. Um, Wink Martindale, the Ravens D coordinator, likes to bring a lot of blitzes and he trusts his secondary in the back end because he has some great players like Marcus Peters and uh, Marlon Humphrey at the corner spots. So it's going to be a really good game. Uh, this is the game I'm most excited for uh, this weekend, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Lamar and my Ravens. Uh, my, uh, excuse me, my guy Lamar and the Ravens, because uh, I, I think that the way that they're playing right now, they can't be stopped. Um, this run game's tremendous. So, uh, yeah, Ravens plus two and a half. And a 51-48 shootout. Uh, sure, I'll take it. I'll, <laughs> that'll be enter- entertaining football right there. Oh, I, I was going to take the Ravens too, but I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to piggyback off John. <laughs> I'm going to go against Joe, and I'm going to take the under. I I think the Ravens are going to shut. The thing with the Bills is they built their team or they they built their offense around Josh Allen. Uh, They they have these speed. They have the Cole Beasley, Josh Brown, Stephon Diggs, these speed guys who can go create separation, and Josh Allen can just throw it up, show off his arm strength, but I, I think the Ravens' defense, the Ravens' set, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphreys, they're smarter than that. They're not going to let them get past them. They're going to keep them in front of them. And I, I think they're going to shut down Josh Allen and, and this Bills offense. Ludicrous. And I think <laughs> Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, they're going to run all over the Bills Eat up the clock. Like I said last week, it's going to be a theme for me today. Oklahoma versus Army 2018. It's going to be eat up the clock. And then if the Bill, when the Bill score, it's going to be quick, short drives. They're going to keep Josh Allen off the field. Ravens are going to win and they're going to keep it under. Sean, last night, this guy on all four downs told me that Justin Fields was the better quarterback between him and Mac Jones because in addition to having thrown about a 50% completion mark, he had led his team in rushing. That was the argument he made last night. No kidding, people. This is serious. That was the argument he made that Justin Fields was better than Mac Jones. So let me take that statement you made last night and let me apply it here, because in the game against the Colts, the problem certainly wasn't Josh Allen, and they certainly didn't stop him. 26 for 35, 324, and two touchdowns, roughly what Mac Jones did in the first half. Josh <laughs> Allen also had 11 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown to lead the Buffalo Bills in rushing. But now you see, you see your guy Lamar, as the better quarterback, the guy not going to get shut down in this game? Hey, I, I did not say he was a better quarterback. I will take Josh Allen. I just think the Ravens have a better defense and are better suited to stop Josh Allen than the Bills' defense is suited to stop Lamar Jackson. 
I, I don't just think about quarterbacks. I think about the whole team, Joe. Well, he's got a really good team. He's got great receivers and two running backs who, while they couldn't get it going last week, are certainly both capable of making things happen. So I think you're forgetting about those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get I, yeah, go, I was go. just gonna say I get Jason's point just because uh, the Ravens front seven is legit. I mean, they have playmakers at uh, every position. So, and the the Bills run game has struggled a lot. So, I think Josh Allen will be able to manufacture uh, some with his legs. Obviously, the uh, the Ravens play a lot of man, so they'll they'll have their backs to the quarterback. So, Josh Allen will have some lanes in the game, I'm sure. But um, I, I do get Jason's point because this Ravens front seven, they're gonna bring it. That's that's for sure. They they bring the heat. I think nobody right now in football handles the heat better than Josh Allen. That's yeah. So yeah, yeah, I like it. I like the match, like and the I match. get it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this: Look, the, the the job they did last week against Eric Henry was uh, outstanding. Eighteen carries for Henry. I think they should have. I I think he should have had thirty-five carries. I think eventually Derrick Henry would have broken through. You would have worn that defense down a little bit. You weren't going to win that game on the arm of Ryan Tannehill. That was not happening. Yeah. The the difference here is, is you could stuff Buffalo. You could put seven, eight, ten, whatever many guys you want in the box. Stuff Buffalo's run. They got great receivers on that team. And you got a quarterback who is much better than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Who can move a Absolutely. lot better yeah. than Ryan Tannehill? So, I get what you're saying. You're not wrong, but I I think to suggest that uh, that this isn't like look, the Bills go as far as Josh Allen to break it down and put it all on the quarterback. This is a big game for him. Yeah. This is all on him. Yeah, he's getting nothing from the running backs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they know this. They know this game planning that this is going to be a problem. So uh, you just saw what happened last week with Derrick Henry. They know what they're facing. I think they'll be well prepared for it. Okay. All right. Joe, you, you took the over. Are you t- you're taking the Bills to win it outright? I, I am. I believe, I believe the Bills will win this football game. Okay. All right. 51 to 48. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. But let's move on to – Sunday slate, starting off with the afternoon game. The Browns against the Chiefs. Chiefs, 10-point favorites, over under 57. Joe, are you taking the over here now? I'm going to take the Browns in the 10. Okay. Ooh, I like that. <clears throat> um, I'm going to smash the over here. I think the, the Chiefs are going to have a field day against the Browns secondary. And I think the Browns running game will have success too. So I, I see a lot of points in this game. Um, I think that 10 is a little bit high too. I could see this one being close, but uh, I'll, I'll stick with the over here. Uh, I'm going up again. I'm going up against Joe again. Uh, I think the Chiefs come to play. The Browns did what they had to do. They When's got the last time the Chiefs were on the football field? What'd you say? Good point. That's a good point. When's the last time the Chiefs were on the football field? What was the last time oh, yeah. Pat Mahomes was on a football field? Maybe You're a right. little, little rust. You're right. The Browns no. are as hot as anybody, brother. You want to? I, I mean, and and I think Sean, you're with me here, Jace. I'll let you go in a minute. Let me let me uh, let me explore this for just a minute. I mean, right now, the way Cleveland's moving the football, they're going to score some points. Mm-hmm. And the last time we saw the actual Chiefs. It looks so hot. 
So they've been sitting around. They're a little vulnerable. The Browns are hot. I'm not saying the Browns are going to win the game, but I, I think Baker and the boys can make it a close football game. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this comes down to three or four or five points, uh, and that's it. Yeah, I agree, actually. Um, Baker's been playing out of his mind in the second half of the season. I think Stefanski's really done a good job uh, with him in that offense. And then the running game, they're just unstoppable. Nick Chubb is a beast. Uh, you can't tackle him with two or maybe even three people. Uh, and you can't throw arm tackles at him because he's just going to run through you. So uh, they're going to need some help from their defense for sure. I know they're banged up in the secondary, but uh, Miles Garrett's going to have to show up and have a big game. But um, I, I do think that this will, will be a close one, um, and I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm going to say a 10% chance of an upset here too. Okay. If if they if if Patty Mahomes and the gang's a little rusty and they can keep the Chiefs under 20 points, I think they can win the game. Yeah. I th- I think there's a chance of that, but I also think there's a chance of, you know, we saw the Chiefs rusty at the end of the season and everyone's asking questions about them and then they just come out and show why they're the Chiefs. I I think that's a possibility too, but I do see it being a, a close game uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, no, the, the the Browns, their season has culminated. They did what no one thought they could do. They were the Cleveland Browns, and they got to the playoffs. Then they took it a step further by winning a playoff game. It, and that's where their season comes to an end. They did everything they had to do to have a successful season. And now you're going up against the Chiefs. The Chiefs, their successful season is going back to back and winning another Super Bowl. Chiefs are going to come in. They're going to stomp the Browns. I, I'm, I'm not saying right out the gates because I, I do agree with you, Joe. Is They might come off to a slow start with all this time off. But I, eventually things are going to click. Eventually they're going to take advantage. Uh, you can't trust Baker Mayfield. I know he's been playing great these past couple weeks. But I – Eventually, he's going to have to revert back to the old Baker Mayfield. And I, I don't think you can beat Patrick Mahomes by running the football that much, as much as the Browns do. Because I said it the past two games. I'm going to say it again here. Army versus Oklahoma 2018. <laughs> they can eat up clock. But I, I, I think the Chiefs can, when, when it comes to the passing downs, I think the Honey Badger is going to get at uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, cause some pass deflections, maybe even get a pick. I, I think when it comes to the passing downs for the Browns, the, the Chiefs are going to get the stops, and the, the Browns are going to eat up the clock with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I, I don't think they're going to be able to make those conversions through the air, and I see Patrick Mahomes just having his way with the Browns. I mean, the, the, the Browns secondary is not good. They had a bunch of picks against the the old man coming out on a walker in Big Ben last week. And then Miles Garrett, since he had COVID, he's just been non-existent. So they're not going to get pressure. Hey, on guess Pat what? Mahomes. Pat Mahomes hasn't thrown for 300 yards in a month. December 13th against Miami was the last 300-yard game he had this season. The offense really wasn't chugging a lug in his last two games. They looked awful in the final game of the season. I know he wasn't there, but nothing inspiring. Then they sat. I'm telling you, I, 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 I think that 
And again, I said this last night when we were talking about Mac Jones. You're you're looking at your old scouting reports from December. You got to pay attention here, buddy. Things are changing. Things are changing. Big Russell Wilson, he's not the MVP, Jace, remember? Because he stopped playing well about two months ago. And it took everybody like six weeks to be like, you know, Russ actually isn't. No, no kidding. He's been playing terrible football for a month already. The Chiefs are the Chiefs are, uh, are going to get exposed here, Jace. They're playing the hottest team in football right now. This team comes in with nothing to lose. They just proved they're not just the Browns anymore. They win a game and you're like, well, they're just the Browns. Don't you're you're no. walking into the same trap that that Juju Smith Schuster walked in. No, I, I've been the one saying they're not just the Browns anymore. I've been the one saying that all season. I have but you're, but you're no telling team. me a Chiefs no, team that's been no a month is gonna, is is gonna no blow them out of the water. I have been more right about this year than the Cleveland Browns. Ever there was only one game where you all picked against the Browns and I picked the Browns and I was wrong. I've been more right about the Browns than any other team this year. The Browns, they they did what they last had week. To do. They did. I picked the Browns. I yeah, I the, told you to. Okay. The Browns did <laughs> what they had to do. The Browns was my fantasy. I mean, my best bet last week. So the Browns did what they had to do. They they this season, no matter what happens, is a success for them. The Chiefs, there is no success unless they get to the Super Bowl, at least. They're looking to repeat. The Chiefs are not going to take this lightly. I know that they've had time off, but that's just more time to prepare. I trust Andy Reid. I trust Andy Reid. I trust Patrick Holmes more than I trust Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield. Chiefs are going to get this done, and they are going to expose the Browns for not being a legit contender. They're a playoff contender, not a Super Bowl contender. What's the score? The score is going to be 1735. Mm. Well, thank you also for giving me that score like an eight-year-old. That was great. Air calculator. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, prime time, round three, fight. Bucks go to Nolens to take on the Saints. Saints favored by three, over under set at 52. Joe, how do you see round three playing out in this battle? Well, I like the Saints a whole lot. I just don't see the Saints beating Tom Brady three times, even at home, even as the favored team. I think Tom Brady is going to win this game outright. So I'm going to take the minus three and the Bucks, and uh, I'm I'm going to hope for the best. Sean, uh, yeah, I was that was going to be my pick, but um, I'll switch it up just for the. Just switch it up. Uh, I'll go with the over because um, I think the Bucks are going to score a lot of points. Um, I, I think the Bucks are going to win the game. But Antonio Brown has really gotten it going uh, in this offense the past couple of weeks. And, um, you know, with Mike Evans getting more healthy from the the hype, 
hyperextended knee uh, from two weeks ago. Uh, I just think this Bucks offense will really get it going against the Saints defense. Um, and I know the Saints defense is really good, but um, I, like Joe said, I, I just don't see Brady losing to a team three times in one year. Um, once Brady gets to the playoffs, he really starts to turn it on. We, uh, unless he's playing the Giants, obviously, we know that. But um, I, I, I just see this going to the Bucks' way. I think their offense has really started to get it clicking. Um, if they get Ronald Jones back, that will be huge for them. And uh, and I see the Bucks defense too. They'll they'll get some players back. Hopefully, Devin White is back for them. Uh, Shaq Barrett was back last week, so um, I, I think they'll be able to get after Drew Brees. Um, they have to you know stop Alvin Kamara. Obviously, he's been uh, having a monster year, but uh, I, I think the Bucks will uh, pull this one out late. I, I see a lot of points being scored, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll go with the Bucks. All right, I, I, I'm going to be the, the man on the ledge here. Uh, I'm taking the Saints minus three. They're, they're going to get it done. I it just uh, – enough with Tom Brady. I mean, th- if it was all about Tom Brady, th- this would be the number one seed in the NFC, and th- it would be that easy. It, it's not. It, it's not just about Tom Brady. It, was, it wasn't about Tom Brady when he was in New England. It was about Tom Brady and his head coach, Bill Belichick, the greatest head coach of all time. Now he's got Bruce Arians, who's had a lot of struggles. And his, uh, his offense, while it has shown success with Tom Brady at the helm, it's also showed a, a lot of problems with, with the way he, he's coaching and his playbook with Tom Brady. And I trust Drew Brees – and Sean Payton to get it done. I, I trust that duo. Oh, wrong again. Chase, Chase let me straighten you out for a minute. For the love of okay. God, do we have to do this every episode? I'm going to I'm gonna ask you something. You ready? Okay. Rams, Packers, Ravens, Bills, Browns, Chiefs, Saints. What do they all have in common? Quarterback. Again. Quarterback. Been there for quite a while. Established quarterback knows the offense like the back is in the back of their hands. Calls audibles at the the only guy who hasn't been there, Tom Brady. So your suggestion that it's not all about to, oh, Tom Brady is a hundred percent the difference maker in Tampa being in the playoffs. Okay, but uh, I'm not like I said last with the last pick. I, I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about Super Bowl contenders, and the Saints are a Super Bowl contender. The, the Bucks are not. It will take some time for Tom Brady to get more acqu- acquainted. Time is with now. Bruce Arians. They're, right. They're clicking at the right time. All right, that, that's absurd. <laughs> the Saints also enough with the quarterback coach comparison. The Saints have had probably. The most dominant defense behind, like, the Rams all season in the NFC. Marcus Lattimore, beast. Cam Jordan, beast. They're going to get after Tom Brady. They're going to shut down Mike Evans. I mean, Antonio Brown. I mean, there are a lot of weapons for the Bucs. And I'm sure Brady, he'll be able to make some plays. But when it comes down to it, I, I trust the Saints defense to make a stop when it matters. And I trust Sean Payton to draw up a play to get Drew Brees in the position where he needs to be to make that final play, make that game-winning drive, and score a touchdown to beat 
the Saints, I didn't even see what you put there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting all in on it. <laughs> a goat will eat a beast. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing I was going to say about the Saints is obviously they've had meltdowns uh, in the past couple playoffs. So I, that's also one of the reasons. I, obviously, I don't like to pick games on just like storylines of things that have happened. But I, I I just feel like this is the Saints. It's it's bound to happen to them. And I, I feel like they're losing a heartbreaker here to uh, a team that they obviously do not like in the Bucks. You know, it's funny you say that because just earlier this week, uh, somebody said that to me, like, ah, it's the playoffs. You're the Saints get screwed. And I'm like, oh, calm down. That's like saying every Ohio State quarterback, like, can't be successful in the NFL. Uh, and as I said, that Dwayne Haskins was being released and Justin Fields uh, dropped a goose egg in the National Championship game. So maybe there is some credence to these things after all. <laughs> uh, damn. All right. But, uh, uh, all right, it should be an interesting slate for the games this week. Uh, thank you, Joe and Sean, for joining me. Uh, just a reminder that this drawing about the G Men is brought to you by Clovercrest Media Group. Come join the CMG Podcast Network if you're interested in starting your own podcast. If not, go to clovercrestmedia.com. Check out one of the <laughs> 30 plus podcasts. Also, uh, my, my boy Frank. Uh, from HHW Show has a new podcast launching tomorrow, right, Joe? Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow night, nine o'clock. Speaking it real will be live on the uh, on on Facebook and uh, Twitter, uh, 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 YouTube, and uh, Twitch. Awesome, awesome. Nice. Him and his boy Carlos. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out all the other podcasts at CloverCrestMedia.com. I mean, there's not just sports. I mean, there's a bunch of sports podcasts, but there's not just sports, true crime, uh, politics, anything you want to stimulate your mind, go to clovercrestmedia.com. Also, some great articles. Make sure you read those as well. Thank you, Joe and Sean, for joining me. And on behalf of all of us at John Buck G-Man, thank you for watching and listening. We will catch you next week. Take care. Press Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. Well, you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Colby. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere.